What Not the Podcast, Lent Up Early Edition. Pastor Wolfmuller here on March the 17th, the year of our Lord, 2022. The calendar says it's a special Saints Day. What's What Not the Podcast, Lent Up Early Edition? Pastor Wolfmuller here on March 17th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Here's a meditation on the righteousness test and then a great question about what do we do when we doubt our faith when we're tempted to doubt and so forth how what is what's going on there and uh, and how can we fight against it hope you enjoy the episode uh, as always feedback comments etc wolfmuller.co slash contact the righteousness test i was reading psalm 85 this morning and that word righteousness, tzedakah in the Hebrew, tzedakah, it's a cool word, uh, one of the Hebrew words I know because it's so often in the Psalms and in the Old Testament altogether, in the New Testament too. But that word righteous, righteousness is, is everywhere in the scripture. So here's a few verses from Psalm 85, verses 10, 11, 13. I'll probably read verse 12 too. It says, steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. I was reading also Psalm 18, this massive but beautiful psalm, and there's this section, kind of difficult, right in the middle. It says, the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not wickedly departed from God. All his rules are before me. His statutes I did not put away from me. So the Lord, skipping a verse, so the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. And then this really mysterious section with the merciful, you show yourself merciful, um, with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. That's that's that mystery verse, Psalm 18, verse 25 and 26. It used to say, with the froward, you sow yourself froward. That's a... Anyway, the righteousness test is this. Can we remember that there are two kinds of righteousnesses? Uh, I'm sure that's not how to say it. Luther, uh, a lot of his early work deals with this. In fact, one of his famous sermons is on the two kinds of righteousness. Is <laughs> I should probably know how to say that. <laughs> there is the now there might be more, but there is basically the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of the gospel. There's the righteousness of our works and efforts, and there's the righteousness that the Lord gives to us as a gift. There's the righteousness which is my obedience, and there is the righteousness which is the suffering, obedience and suffering of Jesus. So I, the righteousness of works, of the Ten Commandments, is my own efforts. The, that's the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of Christ, which is given to me as a promise, which I receive by faith. That's the righteousness of the gospel. That's uh, active righteousness versus passive righteousness. It was at the heart of, of Luther's own discovery of the gospel in the scriptures when he realized that that uh, Romans 1, 16 and following, was not talking about the active righteousness of the law, but the passive righteousness of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So that's a, 
a promised righteousness, not a commanded righteousness. Now, here's the righteousness test. When you hear that word righteous or righteousness in the Old Testament, do you think first active righteousness or passive righteousness? Mm. (laughs) Do you think your own works and efforts or the gift of faith and justification given to us by by the Lord Jesus, his suffering uh, brought to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll just confess to you that if I'm not paying attention, the first righteousness that I go to is the righteousness of the law, active righteousness. And I have to, I have to uh, remember that that is wrong. Whenever we see that word righteousness, our first instinct should be, is this the righteousness of Christ? the righteousness of the gospel, the righteousness of faith. And I think in Psalm 85, that's the, the righteousness test, and it turned, it's how Lutheran your heart has become. <laughs> it's, how, it's how if your heart is naturally distinguished between law and gospel. And, and here, I've been at this for a while, guys, and mine is, does not. I have, to, I have to do this on purpose. I have to think on purpose. Hey, when it says righteousness and peace kiss each other, I have to think that's not my righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus. And it says it. Faithfulness springs up from the ground. Righteousness looks down from the sky. This is the righteousness that the Lord is sending from heaven to us. So it's there. Now in Psalm 18, when it says, you will deal with me according to my righteousness, it goes on to talk about clean hands and the Lord's law being ever before me. And so that could be the righteousness of the law. But even there, I don't think it is. I think it's the passive righteousness of Christ. And I think it... It all comes together at the punchline in verse 50 of Psalm 18, but I'm still working on that one. But here, at least for today, is the devotional thought, the righteousness test. When I see that word righteousness, does my imagination break towards the law or towards the gospel? And let's break towards the gospel, unless, of course, the text uh, wants us to to think and speak of the law and the obedience. We don't want to be unable to think about that, but our first thought always wants to be of the blood of Jesus. Here's a question about fear and faith. I'd love to hear you discuss the fear of doubts on YouTube. I hope it's all right if it's on the old podcast here. Podcast is nice. I don't have to, you know, the makeup crew doesn't have to come in when I'm doing the podcast, unlike YouTube. Anyhow, uh, note continues, as Christians, we often feel the highs of faith, you know, those times when we feel like our faith is unshakable. Then there are times when we have doubts. The doubts that bring the fear of loss of faith. Heaven forbid we should die at those moments of doubt. Would we be saved? Sometimes those fears will hit when we least expect them. It's the fear of loss of faith. What comfort can you give to those of us who have such fears? I heard one pastor speak on the topic. He said, if you're afraid of loss of faith, that's good, because it means you value faith enough to fear its loss. Still, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm sure it would be appreciated by your listeners. Thank you so much for that question. It's, I appreciate it. And it's a good thing to think about. The chief, um, the first, I shouldn't say chief, but the first text that I remember was the man who comes to Jesus begging for healing for his son, I believe. And, and Jesus says, all things are possible for those who believe. Do you believe? And he says to Jesus, Lord, I believe 
Help my unbelief. Mark chapter 9, right? Paused, found it. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Now, wait a minute, buddy. It's either one or the other, isn't it? No. Of course, we know that. We know that. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, there's all sorts of things happening inside of us, our inner life, what we call the heart or the soul, sometimes the spirit. There's thinking, there's willing, there's feeling, there's remembering. And we recognize that while we have some control over those things, we certainly do not have complete control over those things. And and so it is that we oftentimes feel and think and want and will and hope in wrong directions. There's an amazing, uh, kind of, it's amazing to think about. Uh, We we have hints of this in the scripture, how that works, like uh, where Paul says, the spirit of, of the man knows the thoughts of a man, so that we have the capacity to even recognize the state of our inner life. It's one of the things that sets us apart from the animals. The animals might be sad. Or something like sad, but they don't re- they don't know it. They don't have that capacity for self reflection because the Lord has given us the Spirit, which is that sort of eye on the inside. So you know what you're thinking, you know what you're feeling, you know what you're wanting, you know what you're willing. It's all a big mess in there, and sometimes it's driven this way and that. Uh, Luther talks about the four winds that blow the heart. It's like the human heart is a as uh, a boat out to sea. And sometimes it's it's good wind, and sometimes it's bad wind. Sometimes we we have, how does he say, present good, that's joy. Future good, that's hope. Present bad, that's sadness. Future bad, that's fear. So that there's a sort of quadrant of the human emotions. Now, we know that we can sin by our own feelings. For example, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not covet. Well, you can covet without even doing or saying anything. That's just the wanting of your heart. So your heart can want the wrong thing, desire the wrong thing, feel the wrong thing. Even the actions and activities of the heart are governed by the Lord's uh, word, his commandments. But but we, and, and that's, that's hard for us because we say, well, I can't control that. Well, th- that's part of our sanctification is the Lord is changing our wants, our feelings and so forth. And yet we we won't have that that won't be our our emotions won't be perfect until the resurrection. So sometimes uh, we feel like we ought to feel, and other times we don't. Sometimes we feel like God is close to us, and other times we don't. Sometimes we feel like our sins are forgiven, and other times we don't. But we have to know that our feelings are subject to the Lord's words and that our feelings do not determine truth. Now, there's even a, a, a spiritual warfare aspect here because the devil can, like it says of Judas, put it in the heart. So he, The devil put it in the heart of Judas to betray the Lord. Now, how the devil has that limited access to drop uh, thoughts or desires or impulses into our hearts is a 
is a really profound mystery and probably one that we can't understand that well and probably one that we should not try to understand that well. I mean, it's fine for us to search the scriptures to see what wisdom the Lord gives to us, but to recognize in realms like this that the Lord tells us very little on purpose and that curiosity in this realm is also probably a dangerous thing. There's some roads that you just want to peek down, see what the scripture says about it, but you do not want to pursue, and this is probably one of them, but that the devil himself can come along and drop a a doubt in our own heart. This happens to me uh, with varying kind of levels of frequency, but they oftentimes revolve around two things, the beginning and the end. It's, it, isn't this amazing? It kind of makes sense, actually, that the, the devil, I'll be driving along and, and, uh, and all of a sudden this thought will be in my mind. Are you sure we didn't evolve from nothing? Now, I know that that's like insane nonsense. I also know that the world thinks that I'm nuts, that you and I are nuts for thinking that the, the Lord created the world in six days, not that long ago. And so the devil comes along and kind of piggybacks on that pressure and just drops that doubt into my mind. Or it comes at the end too. Whenever I'm preaching a lot on the end times, the doubt will come along. Do you really think Jesus is going to come back? That's crazy. We were in the cemetery yesterday thinking about the resurrection. And you think, does that, that's just so crazy. So, so we're, I mean, it's so easy for us to think that because yesterday is like the day before and today's like yesterday, that things were always this way and they'll always be this way. And these great momentous changes, the creation, the resurrection, the incarnation, the redemption, these things are easy to doubt. And so the devil just throws these doubts into our own minds. It'll oftentimes happen when I'm praying. In fact, when I'm praying in church, leading the prayer of the church, these doubts will just sort of show up. And it seems to me that my best um, always option that is the most helpful uh, is to repent, uh, even of those doubts, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and to open the Bible, to read it, to read it out loud, and to know that the Lord is true even when our own feelings don't match up. So the Lord is with us even when we don't feel that he's with us. Our sins are forgiven even when we don't feel the sins forgiven. Um, the Lord is our helper even when we don't see his help. John writes in 1 John, he says, when our hearts condemn us, we have one who's greater than our hearts. Where's that? Text? I got to look that up too. I should know these texts. It's uh, 1 John 3, 19, 20. Hereby we know that we are of the faith and shall assure our hearts before him. Before if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And, beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. Whatever we ask, we receive of him. So if your heart condemns you, it doesn't matter. Your heart is not your judge. The Lord is your judge. <laughs> so rejoice, because he doesn't condemn you. You have one greater than your heart. So your heart and your feelings are not your faith. Jesus stands as judge, and he has forgiven your sins. And that's true. And that is true. And our hearts are catching up to that truth. 
So, um, so great question. I hope this is a helpful thing uh, for you. Christ is uh, crucified. Christ is buried. Christ is raised. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Christ is praying for you. Uh, Christ will come again. Christ forgives all your sins. And so he's making a place for you in eternal life. These things stand true. And these things the Holy Spirit uses to um, to strengthen, to give us faith and to strengthen our faith uh, and to keep us in his promises. So thanks so much for the question. Uh, God's peace be with you. As always, thanks for the uh, your attention. It's an amazing thing, actually. It's a real gift that you uh, give your attention to these meditations every day. So thank you. It's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm really quite humbled that of all the things that are out there to listen to, um, you find my voice helpful to hear. I hope that it always brings you the comfort, the wisdom, and the courage of the scriptures. And I appreciate your prayers to that end. Uh, so thanks for being part of this little What Not the Podcast project. I hope to send out the Wednesday What Not today, the Thursday What Not this week, with some cool stuff, including a nice lecture from uh, Pastor Andy Packer on transgender and some other stuff that I've been poking around with this week. I, I'm also hoping this morning that I'll interview Dr. Greg Schulz. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know he's a good friend and we've done some interviews about philosophy and suffering and lament and its place in the Christian life. Uh, he was lecturing on Socrates, his Socrates arrest, when the faculty was meeting to decide to um what did they term it not terminate to put him on leave or whatever it is that they did so we're going to talk about socrates today i hope that'll be fun and uh keep him in your prayers but he's i think well i don't know if he's having fun but this this whole business of of how much of the progressive ideology has found its way into our into our lutheran colleges is a great it's a great conversation that needed to happen and God be praised, it's happening now. The Lord always uses false teaching to bless. At least he intends it to bless. Remember, false teaching lets us search the scripture. It lets us believe what's hard. It gives us an opportunity to be courageous. So those three uh, those three blessings we've seen in Dr. Schultz. So keep an eye out on the YouTube channel, and I'll probably post it up here in the podcast too for that uh, for that conversation. Otherwise, send your questions at wolfmuller.co slash contact. Wolfmuller.co slash Wednesday is how to sign up for the Wednesday whatnot. Wolfmuller.co, hit audio and then whatnot, and then you can see the podcast, and you can go and leave a voice message every day. I go and check the voice message every day. A little tear. <laughs> Don't be nervous. It'll be fine. You can go and leave a message. I think it lets you delete it if you don't like it. So go and give it a shot. Um, so that's there for you as well. Thanks again. Well, this, what a long outro. We'll talk to you guys soon. God's peace be with you. <laughs>